Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast, talking about Robert Browning, a little bit more Robert Browning for you tonight. Two interesting facts about Robert Browning. Number one, one of Browning's more famous poems is titled Child Roland to the Dark Tower Came, which details the night Roland's journey to the Dark Tower through a barren and desolate plain. Browning's poem is the primary influence for Stephen King's The Dark Tower series. King's famous Gunslinger Roland gets his name from the poem, and the setting and destination of the Dark Tower also appear in the book, as do the characters of Cuthbert and Guy Giles. Giles. Browning is believed to be one of the first famous people, this is interesting fact number two, I guess, first famous people to have their recorded voice played after their death. In April of 1889, eight months before his death, Browning went to a gathering at a friend's house where he recorded himself reciting how they brought the good news from Ghent to Aix on an Edison cylinder phonograph. Here is the recording. Interesting. Let's have a little look here. All right. So I'm about to play this. Just a caveat. This was recorded in 1889 on an Edison cylinder which is quite a low-quality audio device. Uh, then it was recorded as a probably an MP3 or something, which is pretty low. You know, you lose a little bit of fidelity there. It was then uploaded to YouTube. You lose a bit of fidelity there. It was then downloaded from YouTube and streamed, losing more fidelity. And then is going to be played through a very cheap um, PC speaker and then picked up by a microphone, losing more and more fidelity all the way. And then uh, it will be then it will be rendered as an MP3 again, uploaded, and then downloaded it. That's the journey this audio has taken before it gets to your ears. And maybe even more before that, because we don't know how it got to this starting point of the recording that was uploaded to YouTube. So all that is to say, this is going to sound bad, but still, here's a voice from uh, 100 and, uh, 130 odd years ago. It's pretty impressive. Here we go. Hang on, let's turn up my speaker. I'll rearrange my microphone here. Oops, sorry if that was loud. If I was smart, I would just like download the audio file and insert it into the podcast, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do it this way. Here we go. Sorry, I'm fiddling with my mic now. Probably sounds awful. 
All right, hands off mic. Um, interesting, though, that he's reciting one of his poems. I think it was one of his poems. But um, he says, I can't remember, halfway through, he says, I can't remember my own poem, my own verse. But what I will always remember is this wonderful invention. And then he says his own name loudly, Robert Browning. Um, I think, you know, obviously the wonderful invention he's referring to is the Edison cylinder that was recording his voice. Geez, that was a low quality recording, I must say, but very interesting. All right. Let's read some uh, Browning. Uh, Pippa's song is our first poem. The years at the spring and days at the morn, mornings at seven, the hillsides dew-pearled, the larks on the wing, the snails on the thorn, God's in his heaven, all right, all's right with the world. You'll love me yet. You'll love me yet, and I can tarry your love protracted growing. June reared that bunch of flowers you carry from seeds of April sowing. I plant a heartful now, some seed, at least is sure to strike, and yield what you'll not pluck indeed, not love, but may be like. You'll look at least on love's remains, a grave, a grave's one violet. You'll look that pays a thousand pains, that what's death, you'll love me yet. Poor Fira's Lover the rain set early in tonight, the sullen wind was soon awake, it tore the elm tops down for spite, and did its worst to vex the lake. I listened with heart fit to break, when glided in Porphyria straight, she shut the cold out and the storm, and kneeled and made the cheerless grate blaze up, and all the cottage warm, which done she rose and from her form withdrew the dripping cloak and shawl, and laid her soiled gloves by untied, her hat and let the damp hair fall. And last she sat down by my side. She called me when no voice replied. She put my arm about her waist and made her smooth white shoulder bare. And all her yellow hair displaced and stooping made my cheek lie there. And spread over all her yellow hair, murmuring how she loved me. She, too weak for all her heart's endeavour, to set its struggling passion free from pride and vainer tires to sever and give herself to me forever. But passion sometimes would prevail, nor could tonight's gay feast restrain a sudden thought of one so pale. For love and her, and all in vain, she so she was come through wind and rain. But sure, I looked up at her eyes, happy and proud, at last I knew. Porphyria worshipped me, surprise made my heart swell, and still it grew, while I debated what to do. That moment she was mine, mine fair, perfectly pure and good. I found a thing to do, and all her hair in one long yellow string I wound three times her little throat around and strangled her. No pain felt she, I'm quite sure she felt no pain, as a shut bud that holds a bee. I wearily opt her eyes again, laughed the blue eyes without a stain, and I untightened next the trees about her neck, her cheek, once more, blushed bright beneath my burning kiss, I propped her head up as before, only this time my shoulder bore her head which droops upon its still. The smiling rosy little head, so glad it has its utmost will, that all its scorned at once is fled, and I its love am gained. Instead, Porphyria's love, she guessed not how, her darling one wish would be heard, and thus we sit together now, and all night long we have not stirred, and yet God has not said a word.
the heck was that poem about? Poem, uh, Influence of Insanity is an insane man who has killed his lover because he wants to capture their moment together forever. Yeah, that's a, that's a creepy one. Damn. Alright, the next one's called Song. Let's hope it uh, goes some way to cleanse our palate after that last poem, because, jeez, that's dark. Uh, song. Nay, but you, who do not love her, is she not pure gold, my mistress? Holds earth aught, speak truth above her, aught like this tree, tress, sorry, see in this tress, and this last fairest tress of all, so fair see ere I let it fall. Because you spend your lives in praising, to praise you search the wide world over. Then why not witness calming gazing, if earth holds aught, speak truth above her, above this tress, and this I touch, but cannot praise I love so much. Earl Morton's Song There's a woman like a dewdrop, she's so pure, so, so, she's so purer than the purest, she's so purer than the purest, and her noble's Hearts, the noblest, yes, and her sure faiths are surest, and her eyes are dark and humid like the depth of on depth of lustre, hid in the harebell while her tresses sunnier than the wild grape cluster, gush in golden tinted plenty down her neck's rose misted marble, then her voice music, call it wells, call it the wells bubbling, the birds warble, and this woman says, My days were sunless, and my nights were moonless. Parched, the pleasant April her April herbage, and the lark's heart outbreak tuneless. If you loved me not, and I who are uh, for words of flame adore her, who am mad to lay my spirit prostrate palpably before her, I may enter at her portal soon, and now her lattice takes me, and by noontide as by midnight make her mine, as hers she makes me. Ugh. I don't like these poems much at all. I've got to say, I don't think I'm a Robert Browning fan. This one's called In a Gondola. The moths kiss first. Kiss me as if you made me believe you were not sure this eve how my face your flower had pursed its petals up so here and there you brush it till I grow aware who wants me and wipe ope I burst. Yuck. The bees kiss now. Kiss me if you entered gay. My heart at some noonday, a bud that dares not disallow the claim, so all is rendered up, and passively its shattered cup of your head to sleep I bow. Meeting at night. The grey sea and the long black land and the yellow half-moon large and low, and the startled little waves that leap in fiery ringlets from their sleep as I gain the cove with pushing prow, and quench its speed in the slushy sand. Then a mile of warm sea-scented beach, three fields to cross till a farm appears, a tap at the pane, the quick sharp scratch, and blue spurt of a lighted match, and a voice less loud through its joys and fears than the two hearts beating each to each. A few redeeming qualities in that one. I liked two hearts beating each to each, and I liked... A blue spurt of a lighted match. Parting at morning is the next one. Round the cape of a sudden came the sea, and the sun looked over the mountain's rim, and straight was a path of gold for him, and the need of a world of men for me. 
the lost mistress. All's over, then, does truth sound bitter, as one at first believes, hark, tis the sparrow's goodnight twitter about you, or cottage eaves, and the leaf buds on the vine are woolly, I noticed that today. One day more bursts them open fully, you know, the red turns grey. Tomorrow we meet the same then, dearest, may I take your hand in mine, mere friends are we, well, friends the merest, keep much that I resign, for each glance of the eye so bright and black, though I keep with heart's endeavour, your voice when you wish the snowdrops back, though it stay in my soul forever. Yet I will but say that mere friends say, or only a thought stronger, I will hold your hand, but as long as all may, also very little longer. The last ride together. I said then, dearest, since tis so, since now at length my fate I know, since nothing all my love avails, since all my life seemed meant for this for fails. Since this was written and needs must be, my whole heart rises up to bless your name in pride and thankfulness, take back the hope you gave, I claim only a memory of the same. And this beside, if you will not blame your love for me, for, sorry, your love for one more last ride with me. My mistress bent that brow of hers, those deep dark eyes where pride demurs, when pity would be softening th- through, fixed me breathing while or two, with life or death in the balance right, the blood replenished me again, my last thought was at least not vain, I and my mistress side by side shall be together, breathe and ride, so one day more am I defied, deified, sorry, who knows but the world may end tonight, hush, if you saw some western cloud, all billowy bosomed, overbowed by many benedictions, suns and moons and evening stars at once, and so you, looking and loving best, conscious grew, your passion drew, cloud, sunset, moonrise, starshine too, down on you, near and yet more near, till flesh must fade for heaven and was here. Thus linked she and lingered joy and fear, thus lay she a moment on my breast. Then we began to ride, my soul smoothed itself out, a long cramped scroll freshening and fluttering in the wind. Past hopes already lay behind. What need to strive with a life awry, had I said that, had I done this, so might I gain, so might I miss. Might she have loved me just as well, she might have hated, who can tell, where had I been now if the worst befell. And here we are riding, she and I. Fail I alone in words and deeds? Why all men strive, and who succeeds? We rode, it seemed, my spirit flew, saw other regions, cities new, as as the world rushed by. On either side, I thought, all labour yet, no less, bear up beneath their unsuccess. Look at the end of the work, contrast, they, the petty done, the undervast, this present of theirs, with the hopeful past, I hoped she would love me, here we ride. <laughs> what hand and brain went overpaired, what heart alike conceived and dared, what act proved all this thought had been, we ri- uh, what will 
but felt the fleshy screen, we ride and see her bosom heave. There's many a crown for who can reach, ten lines a statesman's life into each, the flag stuck on a heap of bones, soldiers doing what atones, they scratch his name on the abbey stones, my riding is better by their leave. What does it all mean, poet, while well, your brains beat into rhythm you tell, what you felt only you expressed, you hold things beautiful the best, and paste them in rhyme so side by side. Tis something, nay, tis much, but then have you yourself what's best for men? Are you poor, sick, older, your time nearer, one wit your own sublime, than we who never have turned a rhyme? Sing writings, a joy for me I ride, and you, great sculptor, so you gave a score of years to art, her slave, and that's your Venus, whence we turn to yonder girl that fords the burn. You acquiesce, and shall I repine? What man of music? You grown grey, with notes and nothing else to say. Is this your sole praise from a friend? Greatly his opera's strains intend. But in music we know how fashions end. I gave my youth, but we ride in fine. Who knows what's fit for us? Had fate proposed bliss here should sublimate? My being, had I signed the bond, still one must lead some life beyond, have a bliss to die with, dim descried. This foot, once planted on the goal, this glory garland round my soul, could I descry such, try and test, I sink back, shuddering from the quest. Earth being so good, would heaven seem best? Now heaven and she are beyond this ride. And yet she has not spoken so long. What if heaven be that fair and strong, at life's best with our eyes upturned, whither life's flowers is first discerned, we fixed so, ever should we, should so abide. What if we still ride on, we too, with life forever old yet new, change not in kind but in degree, the instant made eternity, and heaven just prove that I and she ride, ride together, for ever ride. Misconceptions. This is a spray the bird clung to, making it blossom with pleasure. Ere the high treetops she sprung to, fit for her nest and her treasure. Oh, what a hope beyond measure! Was the poor sprays with the flying feet hung to, so to be singled out, built in and sung to? This is a heart the queen lent on, thrilled in a minute erratic. Ere the true bosom she bent on, meet for love's regal dalmatic. Oh, what a fancy ecstatic. Was the poor heart's ear the wanderer went on, love to be saved for it, proffered to spent on? Jesus. All right, two more. Home thoughts from abroad. Oh, to be in England, now that April's there, and whoever wakes in England sees some morning unaware that the lowest bows and the brushwood sheaf round the elm tree and bowl are in tiny leaf while the chaffinch sings in the orchard bow in England now. And after April, when May follows and the white throat builds and all the swallows hark, hear my blossomed pear tree in the hedge, leans to the field and scatters on the clover, blossoms and dewdrops at the bent spray's edge. That's the wise thrush, he sings each song twice over. Lest you should think he never could recapture the first fine, careless rapture, 
And though the fields look rough with hoary dew, all will be gay when noontime wakes anew and the buttercups the golden the little children's dower for brighter than this gaudy melon flower. Last one, home thoughts from the sea. Nobly, nobly, Cape St. Vincent and the northwest died away. Sunset ran one glorious blood red reeking into Cadiz Bay. Bluish mid the burning water, full in face Trafalgar lay in the dimmest northeast distance dawned Gibraltar grand and grey. Here and here did England help me. How can I help England, say? Whoso turns as I this evening turn to God and to praise and pray, while Jove's planet arises yonder silent over Africa. All right, that's it. We finish Robert Browning. Uh, cool. All right, thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.